Let's, uh, let's start with uh, prayer. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for this evening. Uh, thank you for uh, the rain and the sunshine and uh, pray that you'd be with us and uh, if anyone's traveling tonight that you'd uh, protect them and uh, be with them as, as well. Uh, and we thank you for your word. Uh, pray that uh, you would teach us and instruct us uh, by your Holy Spirit uh, that we would be built up and edified in your truth, uh, in your word, uh, and in the, the good news of your son. I pray that we'd learn all the more about our common salvation uh, and that you give us a boldness and opportunity uh, to share uh, the good news of all that you've accomplished in and through your son. And we pray in his name. Amen. All right, so uh, we've been taking a little detour from uh, Genesis and looking at the, the Gospel of John. And I don't know if Eric shared any with you, but uh, we've been working through where when you start, uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, drawing all the way back to creation uh, in the beginning. God made the heavens and the earth. And we were seeing how in creation, you have the six days of creation, and there are three days in which uh, you have uh, either the, the formless earth, a lot of times it's talked about as forming and filling. Uh, and so the, the first three days, God forms uh, the, the formless earth uh, and orders it. And then in the last three days, days four through six, uh, he then fills the creation with uh, the luminaries, the fish and the birds, uh, beast and, and man. Or uh, it can be spoken of as uh, he takes the barren, unproductive earth and makes it uh, productive and fruitful in the first three days. And then in the last three days, days four through six, uh, he then fills uh, the, uh, the empty earth now that you have these uh, productive, fruitful habitations, uh, now he can fill it with uh, the, the stars, the luminaries, and uh, the fish and birds and beast and, and man. And we were looking at how in the beginning of John's gospel, uh, he starts uh, leading into John's testimony and starts even talking about the light in, in the beginning. He's drawing back on creation and uh, there are three days of preparation by John uh, in uh, the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And then uh, there are three days where John the Baptist falls, fades into the background. And now Jesus and his disciples go out and his disciples are now testifying of him. Uh, and that culminates in the uh, miracle at the wedding of Cana, uh, which was the, the sixth day or the, the second, third so you have the first three of John preparing the way and uh, announcing uh, Jesus, announcing the light who comes into the world. Uh, John is not the Christ, but uh, Jesus is uh, the one, one to come, the anointed. On day two, he's baptized and uh, John heralds him. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And then days four through six, it culminates uh, in uh, this creative miracle uh, the first of his signs before his disciples at the wedding of Cana. Uh, and 
back in creation, you have the creation of the man and the woman on day six. God provides them with the vegetation, uh, all the fruit-bearing plants and trees. Uh, and then as you get uh, day six in more detail, as you go into chapter two of Genesis, uh, where now you see the creation of uh, the man, uh, the Adam, uh, human man, uh, from the Adama ground uh, to work the Adama ground, uh, and the uh, creation of the woman, uh, the Isha, uh, woman, from the Ish, man, to help the Ish, as his helper, uh, to help the man. Uh, and you see, you see the marriage, the, the joining of them as God brings them together and gives his good provision, uh, even all the trees in the garden, except for, except for uh, one of them. And so now Jesus, at a wedding in Cana, uh, in the, the sixth day of his uh, ministry from the inauguration, the heralding of, of John the Baptist, he performs a great creative miracle, uh, having six jars of water filled to the brim, large stone jars, uh, and turns them miraculously, creatively into wine. And so you have the, the fruit of the vine, uh, and the, uh, the, the host of the wedding feast doesn't know who did it. He, he thinks the, the bridegroom did it, uh, and says that he has served the, the best, or the good wine, until now. And God saw everything they made, and behold, it was very good. <laughs> and so uh, the, the host of the feast, uh, ironically, unwittingly, <laughs> declares it very good, uh, what, what Jesus has made. And then waiting, uh, went, went back to, uh, I think, to Capernaum with his uh, mother and uh, his brothers and uh, sisters, sisters and, and disciples. They're there not many days. And then they go up to Jerusalem for the Passover feast. And so you have a Sabbath feast that comes shortly after it, these six days. And then uh, they remain there not many days. And, uh, and then following it, uh, John introduces him going up to Jerusalem for a Sabbath Passover feast. Uh, and it was there that we saw him, his zeal for his father's house, uh, driving out the money changers and the animals and even some of those, they're certain echoes back to creation with the animals in the garden uh, to draw attention to here in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Uh, this one was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him and apart from him, nothing has come into being that has come into being. And so the one through whom all things were created, uh, the creator of, of all things, the uncreated creator, uh, the, the agent of creation, now in his incarnation, uh, taking on a human nature uh, to himself, now performs a, a creative miracle uh, at the sixth day at Cana uh, as the beginning of his signs, and then goes to the, the temple and drives the animals and the money changers out. And you see uh, his zeal for his father's house, but at, then even speaking when they ask for a sign, uh, where he says, not his father's house, but destroyed this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up again. And John says he was speaking about the temple of his body. Mm -hmm. And so he's zealous for his, his father's house. You have the temple standing in, in Jerusalem on the Temple Mount. But then he, he says, destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up again. And so... Uh, 
his body, his flesh, is the very temple of God. Uh, the, the word became flesh and tabernacled among us. Uh, dwelt, dwelt among us. The tabernacle is God's dwelling uh, place where he manifested his presence with his people. Now his presence is chiefly manifested in the, the son who, who is God and uh, anointed by, um, by the spirit. And so uh, we're looking at, at all these things uh, and then last week we had a little digression where we were talking about uh, uh, the, the prophet and uh, Jesus' prophet and, and such like that. So let's pick up again. We'll just look at chapter 2, verse 20. And we'll, we'll quickly move into chapter 3 where we, where we left off. John didn't deal with temptation, did he? Well... I think there's even some uh, allusion. There certainly will be, like you see later with his, at least uh, the temptation later uh, on the, the Mount of Olives. You kind of have a temptation there before he's crucified and some, some similar things. But, but you're talking about the 40 days and 40, 40 nights. No, he, he doesn't go into that. And that could have occurred uh, between uh, the inauguration of, of his uh, ministry but it might have been right after the, the Passover, which is when the Israelites went to the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. And you even see that uh, he goes away from Jerusalem and he was baptizing in the wilderness. And so with his disciples, uh, you have these activities going on. And so there's this period uh, that John kind of briefly covers, uh, but then goes to, uh, him uh, then passing, uh, well, he goes uh, th through the, uh, the region of uh, Samaria uh, and uh, meets with the, the Samaritan woman and such. And so you, you can see connections where they, they fit in, uh, but uh, he's sort of, a, I think John even shows again and again that he has tremendous awareness, I think, of the other Gospels. And so there are certain things that he hits and focuses on that they didn't give as much attention to. But you'll find there are all these points where they overlap and fit together or uh, where uh, maybe the other Gospels give more detail uh, than John and he kind of glosses over that uh, but then treats other things in more detail. Uh, a lot of Jesus trips uh, going into Jerusalem but you see he even treats was baptism uh, you see him also treat uh, the feeding of the 5,000 uh, and he even expands on his sermon like at Capernaum. Uh, and you have some of those things mentioned in the other gospels, but they don't deal with uh, his interaction with his disciples and in the synagogue in as much detail as John does. So I think part of what John is doing is he's highlighting certain things that they didn't uh, treat in quite as much uh, detail because well he already had two or three witnesses uh, treating <laughs> treating those matters and so uh, he fills in some of some of the other details uh, but then also as you get to the end of his ministry you find again they they connect up at many different points and uh, treat uh, for instance like well the Passover uh, but then he gives more detail like with what went on in the upper room and other discussions uh, and the uh, 
the trial and the, the crucifixion and resurrection. So uh, each, each of the authors has choices to make. Like he said, if they, uh, if they had written of all the signs and all that Jesus did, uh, the whole world couldn't contain it all, all of the scrolls. And so uh, naturally, and just even any historian, they have to be selective in uh, focusing on the important bits in someone's life. Uh, you know, if someone lives 80 years, well, you can't write a novel that would take 80 years to read. <laughs> Nobody has the time to read it. So you, you, have, to, you have to focus on the important bits. <laughs> and this is, I mean, just his ministry, not even looking at like his childhood and such that Luke and Matthew give some of uh, in more, more detail, but uh, you have a ministry of three years. So if, if you covered everything there, um, well, it'd take three years to read it. <laughs> I mean, just straight through, you, you'd have to use every minute, every waking minute of every day. Maybe you'll leave off when they were sleeping. And they were sleeping and sleeping and sleeping. And just report that, you know, for the next uh, eight hours. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be irrelevant. So, uh, But I think even with the, the mention of the uh, the bronze serpent that we see, he draws from a lot of the places in the Torah, the Passover, uh, the bronze serpent that comes from Numbers. But again, you see sort of creation uh, themes and ideas uh, in connection with uh, some some of these things. And uh, the one thing that the, the man, the woman didn't do uh, when the creature came along, you have the Satan, uh, Satan adversary, uh, who comes in the, the form of a serpent to uh, deceive them, this uh, angelic uh, spirit uh, being. And uh, the woman listens to the serpent, the man to the woman, and no one listens to God. So the God put them over the creatures in the creation and they end up listening to the creature rather than the creator. Jesus goes up to the temple though and he's clearing out the money changers and uh, the uh, actually he was to work and to keep the garden. And so with the serpent, they should have done anything but listen to it. Uh, run away like Joseph. Drive it out. Execute it. Put it to death uh, for... Uh, for uh, blasphemy and idolatry and rebellion against God, anything but listen to it. But Jesus, when he comes to his father's house, the, the temple, uh, you see his, uh, his zeal uh, for, uh, for the house. And so just look at verse 20. We'll catch the, the very end of this. Uh, the Jews then said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple and you will raise it up in three days. But he was speaking about the temple of his body. Uh, when, therefore, he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture in the word that Jesus had spoken. And so after his death, uh, they remember this. It's sort of a, a parable in a certain way at this point. Destroy this temple in three days, all right, raise it up. Well, they might think that it was, <laughs> was the, uh, the, the physical temple in Jerusalem. But after his three years of teaching, uh, after his uh, death, burial, and resurrection, and he uh, opens their hearts and minds uh, to believe the, the scriptures, uh, they believed uh, the scripture and the word 
that Jesus had spoken. And so not just the miracles, uh, that's important. Yeah, believe the miracles, believe the signs, uh, but that uh, is not enough, as we spoke about last week, uh, the test for a true prophet versus a false prophet. Uh, one of those, well, even if uh, someone comes, uh, you, you have a miracle worker or a dream, dreamer of dreams, someone who gives signs or wonders, uh, if they come along uh, saying, let us go and serve other gods whom you have not known, you shall not be afraid of that prophet. Deuteronomy 13. And they're to be put to death. And so even if you have miracle workers, those performing great signs and wonders, uh, even, even with the initial plagues, uh, Pharaoh's, uh, his, his uh, wise men and, and such, uh, they were performing signs with their secret arts. Uh, and even uh, turning their staves into serpents. Now Moses' staff ate them. But uh, whatever their secret, secret arts were, whether it was illusion, whether it was sleight of hand, uh, whether it was through uh, demonic powers, uh, whatever it was, uh, they, were performing, uh, they were performing signs and, and wonders. Uh, and you see that even in Acts, I'm, I'm trying to remember the fellow's name who was uh, baptized, Simon. Simon. Uh, and uh, he, he captivated the people, you know, with the signs that he was uh, performing. But then when they saw the, uh, the miracles uh, and the, the works uh, that uh, you had Philip and then uh, Peter and John and the apostles uh, that they were performing and the preaching uh, they lost interest in Simon altogether <laughs> uh, because he, he was a, a fraud and, and a phony. Uh, and so uh, then verse 23, now when he was in Jerusalem, so uh, this is now uh, picking up new section, uh, still in Jerusalem, still at the time of the Passover feast and uh, probably the period of unleavened bread uh, from the uh, from the, the 14th through uh, the 21st of the first month. Uh, now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and needed no one uh, to uh, bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. And so now with them, it says, now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. And a lot of times John will speak that they believed, sort of past tense. Uh, and so when this was going on, they believed. They saw, wow, that's amazing. Uh, and so here you have this great miracle worker uh, and whether it's a prophet the prophet, Elijah, the anointed. Uh, you, you have a great miracle worker here. Uh, but a lot of times when John speaks about uh, saving faith, he'll talk about those who believe in him. Uh, and so uh, it's something that it's a, a faith, an abiding faith, uh, something that is ongoing. 
uh, something that uh, doesn't, it doesn't begin and end, uh, but in abiding faith, uh, those who believe in him or, or are believing uh, in the, uh, the son, but those who believe in him, we kind of even have uh, an idea of just a state, something, state of affairs that doesn't, uh, doesn't change, uh, but uh, their trust uh, is in him, an abiding faith, uh, instead of just, oh, they saw the signs at one point, they believed, but doesn't, doesn't last, doesn't, doesn't continue. Uh, and the focus is the signs. The disciples saw his glory and manifest his glory at Cana when they saw the sign and, uh, and they, they believed. But you see, they also believe his word uh, come, come, come to. They believe his word and the, the scriptures. Yeah, it was just, when it says, you know, he didn't uh, entrust himself to them because he knew all people. Mm-hmm. And then I remember he, he did entrust himself to his disciples at certain points, and then he would tell them, don't tell anyone. And then the same thing with the demons. They would know who he is, but he said, no, don't say anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then after that, when he gave them all the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then he said, go proclaim it. And then God, again, just performed miracles so that our faith doesn't rest on some, you know, amount of wisdom, like Paul said, but mm-hmm. on the power of God. Mm-hmm. And divine wisdom. Uh, it's it's foolish, foolish and weak to man, but it's it's uh, divine power, divine uh, wisdom from from God. And also after his death, burial, and resurrection, and then uh, removing uh, the the spiritual blinders, the hardness of heart uh, that they wouldn't believe. All that Moses and the prophets had written, uh, written uh, about uh, the anointed and his sufferings, like in Isaiah 53. Uh, but after his death, burial, and resurrection, uh, and they, they received the Spirit, uh, now it's time to go and proclaim the crucified, buried, resurrected, and exalted Savior uh, and King. And so now, now they have the, the full message. And yep, he sent the 12 out. He sent the 70 uh, in limited capacity proclaiming the kingdom of God. Uh, but the, the fullness of the message uh, comes after, after his death, burial, and resurrection and exaltation and anointing uh, by, by the Spirit. And so, uh, but Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them uh, and actually, it's the, the same language where it said uh, that many epistevsan, isto onoma aftu, epistevsan, believed, many believed. And here uh, it says that uh, Jesus, uk not epistevan afton aftis. He was not epistevan, he was not entrusting. Uh, it's the, the same word, same, same language, uh, which can have to do with. Uh, trust, either trust in his name or uh, believing in his name or uh, here in, uh, entrusting himself to them. Uh, and why, was, why did he not entrust himself to them? Because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man for he himself knew what was in man. Uh, and actually, I think that's an interpretive issue. I'd have to see if there's a textual issue there. But it actually says that he knew all. He knew all. uh, And that 
had no need uh, that anyone testify concerning man. And so maybe more general, the, he, he knows all things uh, and needed no one to testify uh, or bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. And so who's the one who knows all, who knows what's in man, who knows the heart? Only God. Only God knows what's in man. Only he knows the heart. Only he knows all things. And so here's the eternal son who's come from the father. And so he didn't entrust himself to them. But they don't quite realize who he is. <laughs> they see the signs and the wonders. But uh, now notice. So he, he uh, needed no one to bear witness about man for he knew himself uh, what was in man. No, no. I think that's exactly right. And so you, you might give mental assent or you have these signs, these wonders uh, and impressed by that but they haven't believed his words, they haven't believed the scripture, they haven't uh, understood uh, and believed and trusted uh, an abiding trust uh, and hope and conviction that they rest upon uh, uh, the eternal Son of God, uh, recognizing who he is. Uh, and now notice, so chapter 3, but chapter markers, you know, they aren't always <laughs> very helpful. You have to read through them. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, Wait, Jesus needed no one to bear witness about man for he himself knew what was in man? No, there was a man of the Pharisees. <laughs> we have a man here. <laughs> Do you think Jesus might know what, what's in him? Might, might know his heart? Might not need anyone to bear witness about Nicodemus? Uh, for he himself knew what was in man, a man, Nicodemus. Uh, and so we have an illustration. Here we, we have a man, specific man. Uh, so now there is a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of, of the Jews. Uh, maybe, let's see how far we get tonight. Do a little, little, yeah, do a little bit of review, but maybe we'll just read through the passage uh, to get a little bit of the, the context and then we'll uh, work, uh, work through it. And then next week, wherever we end off, we'll, we'll pick up. And so, uh, chapter 3, verse 1. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And now, by the way, just before I read through the whole thing, we're going to see three interchanges. So, Nicodemus is going to speak to Jesus uh, and then Jesus is going to respond. And then we'll have Nicodemus uh, again uh, and Jesus is going to respond. And Nicodemus one more time and then Jesus is going to respond. And Jesus' responses get longer over the time. And so uh, the first uh, is Nicodemus acknowledges him as rabbi as a teacher sent from God. 
And he sees the signs. You know, we were just hearing about signs that they believe because of the signs. Uh, many believe during the, the Passover feast, including Nicodemus. Uh, we're going to see that Jesus is going to challenge him that you must be born from above, or some have again, there's kind of a word play there. Uh, you must be born from above. Uh, if anyone's uh, not born from above, they cannot see uh, the, the kingdom of God. Uh, and then uh, when Nicodemus objects that you must be born from uh, water and the spirit, or you can't enter into the kingdom of God, so you must be born above to see the kingdom of God. You must be born uh, from water and the spirit uh, to enter into the kingdom of God. Uh, drawing on Ezekiel, talking about new life, uh, spiritual, uh, spiritual birth, uh, being born, born from God. Uh, and then finally, when Nicodemus objects, uh, we'll see that uh, Jesus is going to uh, show that Nicodemus has not believed Jesus' testimony. He comes from the Father. Uh, the Father sent him uh, to, uh, to uh, redeem and to give eternal life to all who believe, uh, to save all who believe. Uh, and we'll see this theme all the way throughout. And so it's all, about, it's all about saving faith. It's all about being born from above, born from water in the Spirit, like in Ezekiel, uh, being sprinkled with clean water uh, and having his Spirit uh, put in them giving them a heart of flesh. Uh, and then it's, it's through uh, faith in uh, the Son, uh, in his words, in his work that the Father sent him to do, to give eternal life uh, to those who believe uh, and to save those who believe. Uh, and so I will just start from the beginning. So now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again or from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again, or born from above. But the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you not the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen. But you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, 
so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love uh, the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it, might be, it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. And linking all the, all the way back, uh, in God, uh, united to God, it's by God's power, uh, God's work, that they uh, work these things and walk in the truth and believe in the Son. Uh, and so uh, it's all about uh, new birth uh, and spiritual uh, birth. And so now let's just uh, walk through this uh, bit by bit and we'll see these uh, uh, interchanges uh, with uh, exchanges between uh, Nicodemus uh, and Jesus. Uh, you have to be born from above if you want to see the, the kingdom of God, you must be born of water and the spirit. Uh, if anyone is to enter into the kingdom, uh, and then uh, that you, you must believe in the son, and Nicodemus has not believed his testimony at this point. But we'll see as the gospel continues, by the end, Nicodemus comes into the light, as it were, uh, and even is there with his, uh, uh, with Joseph of Arimathea, uh, with his uh, burial and asking for the, the body from, uh, from Pilate. So he, he comes to, to faith uh, over time, over this period of uh, three, uh, three years. So uh, verse, verse one, now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler, of the Jews, this man came to Jesus by night. And so, uh, a man of the Pharisees, we already saw those who were sent by the Pharisees uh, when John testified uh, in uh, chapter 1, we began to herald him, and they asked, are you the anointed? Well, who are you? <laughs> I'm not the anointed. And he says who, he, who he's not, because he came to testify about the one to come, not about himself. And so you already see those who've come from the Pharisees and now uh, Nicodemus, a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, uh, a ruler of uh, the, uh, the Jews. Uh, and Nicodemus, it could be involved with, uh, in Greek, uh, the, there could be a Hebrew rendition, but it was also a popular Greek name, uh, talking about like a, a conqueror, like champion of the people and such uh, like, uh, like that. Uh, and so he's a, a man of the, the Pharisees. Uh, we'll see later uh, as we read uh, that he's very prominent and even from the, the Sanhedrin. Uh, and uh, he, I recall, and Joseph of Arimathea were the, of those 
that minority that didn't approve of uh, the killing, uh, the execution, and condemnation of uh, Jesus at his uh, sort of a mock uh, show trial uh, that they set up uh, by, by night. So a very prominent uh, leader uh, and teacher uh, in Jerusalem uh, at this uh, time. And so named Nicodemus, uh, a ruler of the Jews. <laughs> so a very prominent, important man. Uh, this man came to Jesus uh, by, by night, uh, and we don't know why, but maybe coming under the, the cloak of night uh, so as to not be seen. Uh, you do see uh, throughout John's gospel, you also see themes about the light and darkness. Those who don't come into the light, Jesus maybe is playing off that a little bit. Uh, later on in his, uh, his dialogue here, Nicodemus comes at night. <laughs> And so he, he won't come, come to the light. He won't believe uh, in, uh, in Jesus and his words, his testimony. Uh, but uh, you also see this uh, theme that Jesus picks up on in John that uh, while, uh, while he's in the world, he's the light of the world. Uh, whoever uh, walks in the light doesn't stumble. And so trusting in him, uh, walking in, uh, in Christ, uh, following, following him, uh, but as he goes out of the world, he comes into this dark, sinful, wicked uh, world. And so, uh, Nicodemus, man of the Pharisees, named Nicodemus, ruler of the Jews, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And so starts, Rabbi, characterizing him as, uh, in Hebrew, teacher, addressing him as, as teacher. Uh, and so here you have this great man of, of the, the Jews, a leader of the Jews, uh, who comes to him and he's addressing him as teacher. Come from God, which seems, seems very, very humble, seems to be on the right track. We know that you are a teacher, come from God. And now that can be a little, a little ambiguous because you have Jesus who came from the Father, who came from heaven. Uh, not, probably not quite what Nicodemus means here. Uh, just any prophet, any miracle worker was sent by God and so they came from God in that sense. Uh, you see that. So here you have this teacher, a teacher from God, uh, kind of like any of the, you know, just any old prophet. Uh, come, from, come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. It's not quite true as he frames it. Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do. No one can do these signs that you do. Well, unless God is with him. It highlights God is, God is with you. Uh, he, he could say, we know that you do these signs because God is with you. But by saying, no one can do these signs. Not anyone uh, can do these signs that you do. Unless God is with him. And so, well, you know, God was, he's with Moses. He is with Elijah. He is with Elisha. He is with the prophet who is eaten by the lion. He's, <laughs> uh, he's, he's been with many uh, people throughout 
history. And so he's sort of recognizing him. Okay, teacher, commissioned, sent by God, performs these signs and wonders. They're basically characterized as, you know, kind of uh, any, old, any old prophet. And so, I mean, it's something he does recognize. No one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So God must be with uh, with Jesus. And it's true. He's doing these signs. He's acknowledging them. We, we can't deny it. Uh, later, the, the leaders will even say, after he raises Lazarus from the dead, for we cannot deny that, you know, a great sign has been performed among the people. And so they plot to kill him. But didn't, didn't believe in him. And so just like those who saw the signs at the feast, all these people who saw the signs uh, and at the, uh, the temple, give us a sign. Curse and Andy Nassali talk about that. They're just asking for a sign at the temple. Nicodemus is kind of like them. He's impressed by the signs, a rabbi teacher, but doesn't quite understand uh, who, who he is. And so it might sound sort of good on the surface, uh, but we see how Jesus responds. Uh, he's not going to, you know, he, he could just say, oh, thank you. You know, <laughs> yes, I'm a teacher come from God. You know, thank you for recognizing the signs and such. No, no, no. He, he's going to turn things to much more important matters. Nicodemus needs to be born from above. He needs to be born by, uh, from water and the spirit, from God. Uh, he needs to believe in the eternal son of God who is sent from the father from heaven. So Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you. And now, usually prefaces with that when he's about to drop a bombshell on him to, to get, the, get the attention. You know, he, he could just say, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. But truly, truly, he affirms what he's about to say before he even says it. I say to you. He doesn't just come on and say it, but I say to you, uh, listen up to what I'm about to tell you. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom. Uh, and here, likely the focus is on being born from above. Uh, Jesus uh, came from above. Uh, it's to, to be born from God, uh, who's above, <laughs> who's uh, in, in heaven, uh, exalted, uh, above uh, the, the creation. Uh, and uh, even like John the Baptist uh, afterwards, uh, we'll talk about uh, that uh, Jesus, he, he came uh, from from the Father and talk about uh, nobody uh, can do works or they don't receive anything uh, or words, but anything that anyone receives is from above. It's from it's from God, and so. But there's a, a certain ambiguity there, where it could be taken of from above uh, that we'll see Nicodemus play off of that might be kind of like our idiom. Uh, take it from the top. So maybe if you're recording something like in a studio, uh, maybe if people are performing drills like in a sport or something, all right, take it from the top. And the top being the starting point. You know, if you think about the top as where you start, uh, all right, let's do it again. Let's start over, take it, take it from the top. And so from above uh, can also ha have this idea of taking it from, from the top, you know, again, anew. Uh, and so, unless uh, one is born from above, from heaven, he cannot see uh, the kingdom uh, of God. 
Uh, and here there, there are elements, uh, as even D.A. Carson and Andy Nacelli talk about, sometimes in the Gospels you see sort of this inauguration of the kingdom, uh, where he even tells the, the leaders, like in Luke, the kingdom is in your midst. Uh, the king's here, and where the king is, the kingdom. <laughs> uh, and the, the, uh, the kingdom grows gradually as people are being called out of the, the world. But then there's the future coming kingdom, like in Ezekiel. Uh, Ezekiel goes in great detail, uh, Ezekiel 36, and then afterward in uh, 37, 38, uh, to the, the end about the kingdom about Jerusalem, about the temple, uh, going into to great detail about it. Uh, and uh, uh, the millennial kingdom that's coming, uh, the, the eternal state, the new heavens, the new earth, uh, all, the, all those things that you see at the end of uh, Revelation. Uh, and so he's saying you need to be born uh, from, uh, from above, uh, from, from God, spiritual birth. Uh, Nicodemus uh, said to him, so you have this first interchange over. Uh, now uh, Nicodemus' reaction uh, to Jesus sort of uh, just taking the conversation in a completely different, <laughs> different direction. All right, let's, let's cut to the central uh, issues about being born from God, uh, born from above. That's what you need, Nicodemus. Uh, Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? How can a, a man uh, be born being old? Who, who is old? One who is old. And Nicodemus, teacher, ruler of the Jews, uh, uh, member of the Sanhedrin, he himself might be an old man, <laughs> probably. Uh, he is of the, uh, the elders and, and leaders. How can a man be born when he is old, uh, can he enter a second time into his uh, mother's womb and be born? And so he's kind of playing off. Jesus, born from above, picks up, born anew, born again. <laughs> and so, look, if, if you're an old man, you've been born once, you can't go back into your mother's womb, can you? You can't go, go into rebellion and just be born again. You've already been born. You know, and so you, you have an old man here. Uh, what are you getting at? You know, he, he's kind of kind of playing off it, and he, he picks up on some of what Jesus is saying because he uh, he kind of throws a word play uh, word play out there, playing off the born from above, born again, uh, the the ambiguity there. Uh, can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? But here, for him, it's all just a natural, physical, biological human fleshly affair. But Jesus said, no, born from above. You weren't born from your mother from above. You weren't born, uh, you weren't born uh, from on high, uh, where, where God is. Uh, and so kind of lays out the objection, maybe kind of, oh, what are, what are you getting at here, you know? Uh, and so Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, again, affirming, what he's about to say. Listen up, Nicodemus. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Born from above, born from water and the Spirit. All right, he's fleshing it out a little, a little more. 
Talking about the same thing. Talking about spiritual birth, uh, but now a born from water and the spirit. Not only can you not see uh, the kingdom of God, you won't see it. Uh, and the, the millennial kingdom uh, and all, all that comes, but you cannot enter it either. You cannot enter uh, the, the kingdom of God. Uh, you must be born from above, uh, from uh, water and uh, the spirit. Uh, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must uh, be born again or born from above. Uh, and so that which is born of flesh is flesh. And so you, you have humanity. A lot of times flesh is used for just mortal humanity, sometimes sinful, fallen, mortal humanity. Uh, you see uh, the, the man who is created uh, from, from the dust, from the ground. But after he sins, you are dust into dust. You shall return. And so uh, he's just mortal. He's just of this creation, uh, just uh, mortal uh, humanity. And for the man, after he sins, sinful mortal humanity, uh, God breathed into him the breath of life. But because of his sin, now you're going to return from where uh, you came. And when you die, all people go back to dust as the body decays and uh, corrupt. So that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit, characterized uh, from God. God is spirit, uh, the spirit of God who gives new life, uh, and God who has a life uh, in himself. Uh, and so uh, the spirit is uh, the, the source of uh, eternal life. Uh, it's God who is uh, the creator, uh, the sustainer. Uh, and so if all you do is have just sinful mortal man, just flesh, you go back to the dust. You're, you're, just, you're just flesh. Uh, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And Nicodemus... He's focusing on the flesh, you know, just being born from your mother. Uh, you know, can, can you repeat that? Can you do that over as an old man? Of course not. Well, yeah, you know, everyone's, everyone's already been born from their mother, but that's not your problem, Nicodemus. Uh, those who are just born of flesh will go back to the ground, decay, die, and ultimately come under, come under judgment uh, if they're not redeemed uh, and, and born from above, uh, born from water uh, in the, the spirit. Um, we won't be able to get into it this week, but uh, Lord willing, next week, uh, we'll maybe go look at Ezekiel 36 uh, that he's drawing upon, where he's talking about uh, water in the spirit, where God says and promises uh, with the, the new covenant, he will sprinkle clean water on them, uh, wash them and cleanse them from, uh, from all, their, all their sins. He will put his spirit in them uh, and cause them to walk in his statutes. And so all this idea of purification, of being cleansed and washed and purified from all of their uh, sins, uh, and then of the God's spirit 
uh, giving them a spiritual, uh, a spiritual uh, life uh, and causing them to walk in his statutes by his very presence uh, and power and through his uh, present powerful uh, spirit. Uh, and so, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born from water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born from above. Uh, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Uh, now, there's a wordplay there, because spirit, pneuma, uh, in Greek, can be for the wind or can be spirit. Uh, the clues that he's talking about the wind, or he talks about blowing, topnevma, uh, the spirit, oputheli, uh, wherever he wishes, he uh, blows, or the, the wind blows. <laughs> See, I even mixed up uh, the spirit and the wind. Uh, and so depending on the context, uh, and so talking about blowing, uh, and you do not know uh, from where it comes or where uh, it goes. You just, you hear it. You hear, you hear its sound. Uh, so it is with everyone that is born of the Spirit. And the comparison, again, shows he was talking about wind because now he's giving uh, an analogy, uh, a comparison of what the Spirit does. Uh, and sometimes uh, you see, like, when God is at work uh, performing miracles, sometimes there will be word plays uh, off of these ideas because uh, they can mean different things in different contexts. And so even sometimes when God performs a miracle, like bringing the quail in numbers, you know, this massive amount of quail uh, and the wind comes and brings them in, uh, that miracle is uh, a manifestation, a demonstration of God's presence and power in the midst of his people. And so it's, sometimes you'll have play, a play like off of these things. Uh, and in that same cha chapter, the spirit then comes upon the elders uh, and causes them to, uh, to prophesy. And there are two who prophesy in the camp. Uh, numbers 11, I believe. And uh, we have a section, Numbers 10 through, uh, through 11. And we looked, or 10 through 12. And we looked at 12 uh, last week with, uh, with Moses. And so you have this playoff uh, here off of the, the spirit and wind. Uh, and as with wind, uh, where it blows uh, where it wishes and you, you hear it sound. Uh, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Uh, just as Nicodemus cannot control the wind and doesn't, <laughs> doesn't know uh, its source and all of its uh, travels uh, and then where it departs uh, and goes, just as much as Nicodemus uh, knows uh, the, uh, the course of the wind and doesn't <laughs> know the, uh, the full course of the wind, but, you know, hears it. Uh, and does not know where it comes from or where it goes, so it is with every one born of the Spirit. It's not of man. It's not of his control. He can't control uh, the sovereign Spirit of God who gives life uh, to whomever uh, he wills. In fact, look at, look at John chapter 1 uh, in the prologue. John 1, 
and look at verse 9. Well, it says uh, before that, John, he was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light which enlightens everyone uh, was coming into the world. Uh, he was in the, in the world. So this is the, the word, uh, the logos. Uh, he was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own. So you have Gentiles, you have Jews, world at large. Uh, the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. They did not know him. The world, Gentiles, the Jews did not receive him, his very own people. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And so, just as much as Nicodemus could not bring about his first birth, as flesh, mortal humanity through his mother, uh, now even all the more, uh, it's not of blood, nor of the will of man, nor of, uh, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man. So it's not a physical thing. It's not man's will and determination, but of God. A powerful, uh, gracious work uh, from from God on high, from, from above, who raises uh, the spiritually dead to new spiritual life, not just a first birth, but the, the new birth. Uh, and so uh, addressing Nicodemus's uh, objection, basically hammering the same point home, uh, just uh, expanding on it, uh, that now it's... Uh, not just born from above, but born of water and uh, the, the spirit. Uh, and then we'll have to deal with it uh, next week. And we can look at Ezekiel as well. It's a long discourse anyway, so good to uh, take time and, and go through it. But after the first and second interchanges between them and Nicodemus, uh, you see kind of his objection that he throws out at Jesus, being uh, born a second time from your mother. Uh, his objections and speeches get shorter and shorter. Jesus's get longer and longer as he's kind of, uh, uh, his mouth is uh, closed and he, he's kind of shut up and silenced and can't say anything. Uh, verse nine, Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? How can these things be? How can, how can you be born again? How, how can you be born from water and the spirit? Jesus answered him, are you the teacher of Israel? And yet you do not understand these things? You're the teacher of all Israel and you don't know these things? Jesus is drawing his teaching straight from the scriptures, straight from the writings, from Ezekiel, as we'll see. You, are you the teacher of Israel and you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you that uh, we speak of what we know kind of playing off of Nicodemus earlier. Teacher, we know that you are sent of God. You know, not just speaking from himself, but speaking maybe for the leaders and such. We, we, we. Uh, now Jesus kind of plays. Truly, truly, I say to you that we speak. We speak of what we know and bear witness of what we have seen. But you do not receive our testimony. If I've told you earthly things and you do not believe, 
How can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into a heaven except he who has descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. And so Nicodemus does not believe his testimony. He has to be born from above, born from the Spirit and water, to believe into the Son that the Father sent to give eternal life to all who believe and to not condemn them, but to save them. And so it's all bound up with spiritual life through faith in the Son, uh, from God on high, by the sprinkling of clean water and purification from sins, and by the power of the Spirit through faith in the Son. Uh, it's by grace, uh, through faith uh, in, in Christ, uh, in Christ, Christ alone. And believing in miracles uh, is not enough. But we're already out of time, so it's gotten fast. So let, let's close with prayer, and then we'll uh, pick up uh, next week. So, Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for your word. Uh, thank you for, uh, for your son, uh, for uh, his testimony uh, that you've uh, given through, through your son. Uh, and, uh, your testimony, uh, you speak and testify of him and uh, the, the testimony and witness of your spirit. Uh, we pray that you give us eyes to see and uh, ears to hear uh, and that our hearts would be open to receive, to believe, uh, to trust in your son uh, whom you've sent, uh, who is uh, the savior of uh, all the world for Jews and Gentiles and all who trust and believe in him. And so I pray that you bring us back together uh, and that you'd uh, build us up and Teach us uh, in your son. Um, we trust in his once for all perfect sacrifice and his death, burial, resurrection, uh, ascension to your right hand and coming again. And we look forward to that day. We pray in his name. Amen.